so thankful that you're in the house of the Lord tonight. Good to have brother and sister Custer and uh, Lincoln home for a few days. He's going to be speaking to us tonight. We want to invite him to come. I'm thankful for the work of God that they're doing in South Carolina. Amen. They are doing a great work for God. And we have a, a, a little portion of that uh, in the investment of our prayers and uh, our love for this couple. And I'm thankful that they're here with us. And I believe God's going to speak to us tonight. I certainly hope that you came expecting something. Amen. After service, the Miller's reception. God bless you for staying for that. Brother Custer, come on. Amen. Amen. It is a joy to be home tonight. Amen. Enjoyed a few days here. And uh, the humidity has got me under the weather. We don't have this out there, so I'm sweating. I've acclimated so quickly. I didn't realize it till I got back here. I've, I'm sweating right now. Amen. It is very drier or drier out there, less humid, I guess. But I don't know how great a work we're doing. We're greatly working right now, but uh, God is in it, and we are excited. We've seen great things. We've had uh, as many as a rough guess was a hundred. We had 79 adults. I found out how to get them to church. You pay them. <laughs> we paid, we paid first-time visitors $500, and that didn't entice them too greatly. But when you pay saints to bring somebody, they'll fill a place up. We gave away $100 to, some, to whoever brought the most, and, boy, they filled the place up. There wasn't much room left. So, uh, But we're, we're thrilled to just see it happen, and it was a great shot in the arm for the church and we've been running about 30 and we had 12 when we went and we lost two of those and uh, so we've been running around 30 and we are so excited about it because uh, the Lord's doing great things amen well I'm going to endeavor to preach to you tonight if you will turn with me to the book of Luke and I better change I'm in Acts but it's in Luke Luke, the 15th chapter. Probably no more familiar passage to you than, than Jesus wept. Luke 15, and we're going to begin at verse 11. Amen. I'm thankful to be home this weekend. We're heading back tomorrow. Be back home for a Wednesday night service. But keep us in your prayers. We need it. And uh, we're, we really are excited about what God is doing in Greenwood because... We are the only oneness Pentecostal church there. And uh, we, we have seen so many opportunities to meet people. We had the Wilbanks through a few weeks ago, and I had invited a doctor that I met in town. He's an oral surgeon and fantastic man, been there for years, plugged into the community and came, and him and his wife are Episcopalian, Methodist, something, but they wept and worshiped and praised God. And uh, who knows what God is going to do through that, but... They are thrilled about it. And so we're excited that God is opening doors. Amen. Luke 15 and verse 11. I'm not going to read the whole story. You, you probably could re rehearse quite a bit of it. But it says, And a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, 
Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. The other brother got his portion too. He divided it to both of them right there. And now you know pretty much the rest of the story. The other brother leaves and goes and does his thing. But in verse 32, the, the brother has come home. And the father is talking to the brother who had remained. And he said to him, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Amen. It was meet that we should make merry. That word merry is not translated greatly for us. It means it was meet that we rejoice and be glad. Amen. If you will, put your Bibles down and join with me and ask God to anoint the remainder of this service. Jesus, we love you. Love your word. Thank you for your blessings and your spirit that's moving in this place. God, that you would speak to our hearts and minds, Lord, that you would work in our lives this evening. We give you glory for it. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we take authority right now against every hindrance, against every distraction. In the name of Jesus, the name above every name, we give you praise right now for what you're going to do. In the Jesus' name, we ask it. We thank you for it, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord through standing. <clears throat> you know the story, and I, I won't go through every detail of it, but he had divided his living to them. I don't know where the other brother went and hid his, but the younger, I guess, decided he was going to go do what he wanted to do. And he went out and began to live a life that, that we know a lot of people live, a life of Lascivious as the scripture says, riotous living. He wasted his living. He wasted his money and his time and his efforts and little harlots and things of that nature. And, 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 and he, he wound up in the pigsty. He wound up looking at what the pigs were eating and thinking, you know what? That's beginning to look pretty good. If you get hungry enough, you'll eat whatever's before you. And so he was in that situation and he began to think about his father. Think about where he had come from. and Now let me stop real quick here. We, we have preached this a whole lot of times. And every time I've heard this preach, I identify who each person is. And the son, we always identify as a backslider. And the other brother, we always identify as somebody with a bad spirit in, in the church. And with the father, we, we kind of think, well... Who, it could, be the, it could be a father in real life. It could be God. It could be this and that. But you know what? The father is God. The father shows the ability of the father to love. It shows his ability to look past who his son was to love him. But the son is not always a backslider. The son can be any of us. It doesn't say that he was in God and left. It just says that he left his house. And went somewhere else. He thought he could find something better than what he was getting. Have you ever been guilty of that? I have been guilty of thinking the grass is greener on the other side. To find out that I was greatly mistaken and ended up in a worse shape than I was. That son came to himself and realized there's no place like my father's house. There's no place like my father's house. And he thought to himself, if I could get back to living under the same roof as my father, 
His servants are dwelling in better places than I am. His servants are, are living a better life than I am. I will go back. And asked to just be a servant. Uh, what the son was thinking was, I can get back there. My dad is going to be disappointed. When I tell him what I've done and where I've been and how I've lost everything, my dad is going to be upset. And so I'm going to go back and say, don't look at me as that person. Uh, but let me be a servant. Let me be one who, who works for you. Uh, one who toils for you. One who does a lesser life uh, than you have. Uh, uh, I will do what I can to help you, dad. Don't look at me as your son anymore. Look at me as your servant. He was willing to identify himself with where he had gone to. He was willing to tie himself to an identity that he had created for himself. And not realizing that his dad was not willing to look at him like that. It is so many times that we have disappointed our father and think that he is going to think that of us. And we walk out and say, you know what? I can't go back in there and face him. I can't go back and ask him to forgive me again. I can't go back and say, God, I thought the grass was greener on the other side. But I just want to come back. Let me just be a servant. Let me be lesser because I'm going to tie myself to what I've done. And I'll never let go of it, I, I will serve based upon what I've done in my life. He was willing to identify with the errors of his life uh, to be in his father's area. But the father realized uh, a long way off when that son was coming, uh, that's not a servant coming. Uh, that's not a stranger. That's my son. Uh, that's my son. I've been looking for him. I, I see him coming. Uh, and so when he came in, uh, his identity was this. His clothes were tattered. He probably wasn't wearing good shoes. The father brought him in and placed a robe on him and cleaned him up and bathed him and touched up his bruises and wounds and did everything he could to make him look right. And he put shoes on his feet. He gave him the right garments and he put a ring upon his finger. And he said, this is what you're supposed to look like. I'm not going to let you be a servant. I'm not going to let you identify with where you've been. You've been my son the whole time you were gone. I've been looking for you. I've had the robe picked out. I've had the shoes waiting. I've had the ring done just right. I knew you would come back. And so I've been waiting on you to come back. How many times have you disappointed uh, yourself and thought I could never get back to where I was? Was What he was trying to do was get back to be near a place uh, that he used to be. Uh, he was trying to get just close enough uh, to get a glimpse uh, of the life he used to enjoy and live in a place uh, that he could never quite get back to and say I used to be his son uh, but now I'm a servant and I'm looking from a distance uh, at what I used to possess. Uh, but the father said not so. You don't have to stand back in the corner and say I'll wash it and I'll do I'll make you what you once were you don't have to live under the condemnation you don't have to serve by what you did you can live by who you are praise God he put him in the right clothing he adorned him to look like his son the servants in shore in that time were dressed a certain way to look a certain way but he said, you're not going to dress like the servant. You're not a servant. I, I've dressed you. I've adorned you. Well, the way you look uh, to the world matters. I, I try to look as good as I can. Uh, when I walk through the city of Greenwood, uh, my wife gets on me if I put on a T-shirt. Uh, she says, you're a pastor. you got to look right. I get out and get dirty sometimes. I've ruined a few nicer shirts uh, trying to look good. 
I don't want to be identified with the bum on the street. I, I want to be identified with my father. I know I've made mistakes. I, I know I've been something of an error in the past. But I want to be identified with who he says I am. And the dad said, I know what you've done. I know where you've been. I know the life you lived. But that's not who you are. And so I will dress you according. You see, the clothes all sometimes do make the man. He said, I will dress you according to how I see you. Nothing had changed except the son had decided to come home. He had not impressed his dad one bit. He had not done one thing to deserve what his dad was bestowing upon him. You see, that's the amazing thing about dads is they don't have to be impressed to, to still love you. They don't have to be overwhelmed by you. They just have to know that you're their son. And he said, I'm going to dress you to make you look like you're supposed to be. The way he looked told who he belonged to. His dad reclothed him as a son to make sure that he was what he looked like he was going to be. He was not what the dad wanted him to be. He came home a man who had wasted everything. He came home a man who had done a life that he should have been ashamed of. But the dad said, I'll not clothe you according to that. I'll not even clothe you according to the way that you walked up here. I'm going to clothe you according to the way as I see you to be. You wonder why sometimes God feels like you feel like God's calling you to a higher place and you just can't seem to realize that you can attain it. It's not because he's judging you according to where you're at. It's not because he's judging you according to who you are. He's judging you according to what he sees that you can be. And he sees that you can be better than the place that you're in. And so he says, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to put the things on you that says I'm above this. I never was there. I wasn't belonging there. Praise God. I'm not what I'm going to be. But he's clothed me according to what he wants me to be. And that's what matters. Is that I'm not perfect. But he sees me as perfect. And he clothed me in it. Praise God. He placed a ring on his finger. He saw the best in him. When everyone else would have saw the worst. And he said. My father is choosing to see me. As what I can become. And the ring is probably the most pivotal thing that he put upon him. You see, when he left, he had said, Dad, give me all of my inheritance. And the dad divided it and gave it to him and his brother. And he left. And when did his thing, it came home. And when he put the ring on him, the ring was saying, You never left. The, the money you wasted, it, didn't, it never existed. What the ring was saying. You want to know why the brother was so mad? The brother must have went and hid his inheritance, squirreled it away somewhere, and was thinking, I'm going to get everything dad has. But dad, my dad, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And every time I come back having squandered something that I should have held on to, he says, doesn't matter. I have more than enough. Let me put the ring back on. Because the ring means you're equal to him. The ring means that if the son decided to go to town and went to the market, he said, I'd like to buy this. Well, where's your money? Dad, Dad's got it. The ring was a signet. It was a crest. It was the same as heating the wax and pressing it in to say, this is my signature. 
admit I don't have to sign for it. My dad is signing for it. And if I, if my dad is good for it, I'm good for it. And let me tell you something. Every time you step back in his presence, having disappointed him, and he says, no, 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 not a servant, a son. Let me put the ring on you. Let me put you back in your place. That means the next time I say, God, I need something. Oh, wait a minute. Are you asking as a servant? No, I got the ring. I need the power of the Holy Ghost to heal. I need the power of the Holy Ghost to finances. I need the power of God to move. I need something. Well, how do you? I've got the ring, Dad. I am, I am in the family. I am not perfect. I've been clothed according to what you want me to be. And I'm trying, but I've got the ring. The ring had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with who his father was. This whole story has nothing to do with the son. It has everything to do with how the father chooses to love. And he clothed him and he put the ring on him and he said, kill the fatted calf. The calf that we've been preparing since the day he left in, in preparation for this day. Strike up the band. Get everything together. You're not going to be seen as who you were. I have been, uh, we have a lot of people in the church. We have several that are involved with with Alcoholics Anonymous type groups. And I get so aggravated. They'll spend more time trying to help somebody in that situation than they will help the church. And I told them the other day, I said, look, I'm sick and tired of 12 steps. You need two steps. Get to the altar. The problem I have with that is that every time you go to that meeting, whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics, whatever it is, and you say... You have to stand up and say, you want to say something, you have to first say, my name's Kenny, and I've been an alcoholic for X amount of days, but I've been clean for this many days. You know what the problem I have with that is? What you have to stand up and say is I used to be a son, but I'm a servant to an alcoholism. I, I used to be a son, but I'm a servant to a drug. I, but no, my father said, uh, when I clothe you and change you, you can stand up and say, I don't know what you're talking about. Never was an alcoholic. I never was a drug addict. My father said, I don't have to be a servant to where I used to be. My father said that I'm his son. Praise God. You don't have to be identified with where you came from. You have to be identified with where you're going and whose you belong to. Praise God. You don't have to be who you used to be. You say, I'm not perfect. I have not attained it. I'm trying. Did dad clothe you in the right clothes? Did dad put the right thing on you? To, to, did he put a tag on you said, my name's Bob. I was alcoholic. No. He said, my name's Kenny Jesus Christ. I'm in his blood. I'm in his lineage. I'm his family. Well, I'm about to preach. I'm trying. He restored the son in figure. He clothed him physically. He put the ring ceremony on him. But then he did something. He made Mary. He rejoiced. And I had went back and read this story many times. And as I read that last statement one time, it began to speak to me. And I want what he did. Now, I have been disappointed in people at times in my life. They have gone out and done things that I did not expect them to do. And I would like to hold it to their account. But if I'm going to love like my father loves, then I have to somehow look beyond that as if it never happened. 
not that it's in the past, but as if it never happened. And so there's a way that the father began to, you see what he began to do. The brother must have been on a trip. Because when the brother came near the house, he heard music. He heard dancing. He, he went to the stable and looked, the fatted calf is gone. I know what's going on. The brother never went in the house. Read it. He never stepped foot in the house. He stood outside. His dad had to go out and explain to him why he was doing what he was doing. He said it was meat that we make merry. It was meat that we rejoice. Why is it so important to rejoice? Because when a father and a son reunite, the father's joy is amazing and it clothed his son in the right way. But a son looking in the right dress with the ring on still went and sat down somewhere and began to think, my dad's so amazing. But I have done some things and I've been some places and I've wasted everything. And all I can think about is how a depressing thing this must be for my dad. And dad said, we're throwing a party. Why, dad? I'm restored. You've told me I'm your son. He said, no, you don't understand what we're doing here. The party was not just a night. Most likely the party lasted several days. And the dad sent decrees out. Through the city. My son, he says, which was dead. I'm not identifying him as that. He's alive. My son, which was lost. Not identifying him. He's found. He's home. And we're throwing a party. You're invited to come. The son, the other brother was invited to the party. Dad went out and gave him special invitation. But the only people allowed at the party were the people that were going to walk in. Now we have the son, the brother, the father. The party members were the church. Now I know that you'll find sons and you'll find brothers in churches. But don't worry about the brothers. They won't want to come into a party like this. They'll sit outside and say, well, I don't understand why every time we pray them back through, then my God, we've got to throw a party for them. Why is it that every time they go out and do something stupid, we have to celebrate them coming home? Because we're supposed to look at them like they didn't do anything stupid. The same way we're supposed to look at you. And so while a son who has gone out and done something stupid is sitting over here feeling like somebody's finally restored him a little bit and he's a little down and depressed, his head is hanging low. And the dad, now I'm a dad and I know this. I spank my son, I feel bad for him. But when I see my son sad, I want to know why. And the dad is looking at the son saying, I've restored him, but there's something missing. Now, he didn't restore him to joy. He said, let's make merry. Let's restore him through rejoicing. And so what he was saying was, dad's looking at son. Son is down and depressed, even though everything should be right, because he's remembering what he's done. And dad is thinking, my, it's bringing me down looking at him. I don't know what more I can do. I know. Let's throw a party. Send out the invitation. Because as a son was hanging his head, a dad was inviting everybody who knew the former son. 
and said, come on back over here. I've got music. I've got a party going. I've killed the fatted calf. And if you can tell me something good about my son, you can come to the party. If you can remember something of memory about him that was something to lift his head, it's going to lift my head too. So while that son was down and depressed, thinking I just can't believe how great my dad is, but if he only knew where I'd been, if he'd only let me explain why I should be a servant, why I should serve him, and dad is saying, oh, my son, if he only understood why he should lift his head, why he should hold his head up high, would you bring somebody and let's begin a party for him? The party was to restore him through rejoicing, and it was based on this. My son is sitting down depressed. Would you go to him and encourage him? And tell him something that you remember about him that was good. Tell him something to lift his spirits. The party was about building the sun back up. Not about saying, well, you've been out there and did this and that. And oh, here you are. But no, it was this. You know what? I remember the day when you and I got together and we went down to the church and we began to worship and the Lord began to move. And there wasn't a whole lot of people there, but wow. And the son's head begins to perk up a little bit. And dad begins to smile. It's working. I'm throwing a party for my son. I don't know about you, but every now and then, I get to listening to the wrong voices. I get to hear my brother outside the window muttering. I don't understand why God tries to do so much for him every time he squanders it and messes it up. But if I get to listen to that voice too much, I'll be down and depressed. But every now and then, I hear the music playing, and I hear my father saying, it's time for a party. It's time for a party. I've seen him depressed. I've seen him down. I've seen him upset. But it's time for a party. Praise God. You can sit back as the other brother and say, well, I don't want to be a part of it. Don't worry. Dad didn't bring him in. Dad let him stay outside, but Dad went back in and said it was important that we danced. It was important that we partied because it lifted the spirits of the sun. And I've restored him in full. I put him back to where he used to be. The church... Needs to be a place that every time you stumble, every time you fall, God's going to put you back up. God is going to be the one to do it. But the father was not the one who lifted the head of the son. The church people, the townspeople, the friends and the family came along and said, you know what? I'm glad you're back. Let's get going like we were. Let's get down and worship. Let's magnify. Let's do something good. Praise God. If you get the mindset to realize that every time you come to church, it's not about you. It's not about you if you get your blessing or not. It's about the fact if you look around and see somebody and their head is hung low. You know what? If I begin to dance, if I begin to worship, if I begin to do my thing, I I might lift their head. I, I might encourage them. I got something good to go tell him. Let me go whisper in her ear. Jesus loves you. He never stopped loving you. Would you let God restore you? Do you hear the voice tonight saying, it's all right. I always loved you. I never was disappointed. I never thought you would ever come back. Praise God. He restored him through rejoicing. I'm choosing. You can stand with me. I am choosing. To listen to the sound of those who will lift me up when I'm down. 
when I feel like I should be a servant to what I've done, when I feel like I should be serving the problems and the situations and everything, whether I caused them or not, sometimes I feel like, you know what, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to have to deal with it. And my father comes along and says, no, it's time for a party. You don't have to deal with it. You're my son. Just put the ring on it and tell him, oh, don't answer to me. Answer to dad. Would you listen to the sound of the music? Would you listen to the sound of the townspeople? He opened up the party and said, if you can say something good, then proceed this way. Get you something to eat. Uh, but go to my son and tell him how great it is to see him. Tell him something great about where he, you were with him. Uh, some memory. Oh, hallelujah. He put him back. And it meant that everything was as it always was. That when dad went on to his reward later on, he was going to get the same type of inheritance the other brother did. Now that will make some of us mad. Well, I don't know why I've been living this for so long. They just got back in church. God seems to be doing more for them. You know what? Why don't you go tell them how happy you are for them and begin to worship with them and see if God don't say, you know what? Got the same amount for you. Got the same blessing for you. Oh, I don't know about you. I need the lifting of my head tonight. I need somebody to say, you know what? You're doing all right. It's going to be okay. Could you lift your voice? You know what? I'm not a servant to it. I'm his son. I'm his child. Praise God. Why don't you find somebody? Look at your neighbor right now. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm not going to choose to see you as your faults. But I'm going to lift your head because I see that we had some good times. That we worshipped around here. That we magnified him. That we went through the trial. But we came out on the other side dancing. Because dad said it's time for a party. Praise God. Oh, do you want a party tonight? Would you like to party like dad says? Now if you feel like the sun. And your head is hung low. I want you to make up your mind right now. I'm going to step out and listen to the voice of my father and the voice of my church family. I'm not worried about the negativity. I'm not worried about the things that my brother's going to say because he's going to be stuck out in the cold looking through the window wishing he had a kid goat. Praise God. I want us to step out and begin to worship God because he's worthy. And because he chose to see you as his son and he's throwing a party for you tonight. Praise God. Come on, somebody, why don't you find your step? Get your two-step. I'm going to worship Him based upon who I am in Him. Based upon where I'm going. Not on where I've been. Not on what I've done. Not on who I am. Not on what I feel servant to. I'm His